Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Speaking of a good time, this can work as our introduction. It's not... <laughs> I said it <laughs> He's done it again. It's not rate my takeaway. It's the UBP. The UBP. UBP. The, UBP. the thing I'm is, Scott though, Taylor, right. Go on. Go on. This is the thing. Sorry, Scott Telford. I know you it's were introducing right. yourself. <laughs> I love how every single week you uh, do it in such a way that the audience has got no idea of what we've been talking about before you hit the record <laughs> button. But to go in from rate my takeaway to talking about a man who, man versus food, but Greg's, like, yeah. it's, oh. But yeah, we're here. Great, my takeaway is, is a taste sensation. I don't know if anyone else has been watching it this week, but man has blown up. Man just travels up and down the UK. Man's called Danny. Uh, eats a lot of takeaways. <laughs> he's blown up. I watched his, uh, his live stream celebration last night. It's not about gaming, but it's, you know, entitled banter. Don't worry about it. Man's <laughs> loving the takeaway food. Um, should say, though, that this is the Untitled Banter podcast. I'm Scott Taylor, joined by Jules Gill. Hello, everyone. How is Jules Gill doing? Just, oh, just I'm doing it. very, very well, mate. I was telling you just before we started, I've like literally about uh, 10 minutes ago finished uh, my workout for the mm. day and I'm on that lovely endorphin high where I'm just kind of like, oh, everything's beautiful, just fantastic. Zen. In about like maybe 20 minutes, maybe the tail end of this podcast, I'll be like, yeah, next question. Oh, I just need to sleep now. <laughs> I'm All the muscles start to contract again. Yeah. Um, we've got a lovely selection of questions. Uh, the UBP is always um, asking for whatever people's thoughts are across the gaming week. Um, and yeah, we've got a nice selection stuff including some random food things so we'll oh, see how fantastic we go. first question from kill the dj 95 though it says hello governors kotor 3 or new vegas 2 uh, do you is it meant to be like hello goofner right, uh, like maybe right, have you noticed, by the way, that orcs always speak with Cockney accents? <laughs> Why would they... The other day pointing out that they wouldn't know what a menu was like you know when he's like meets back on oh yeah meets back on the uh <laughs> <laughs> that list of food that we have yeah. I mean, it's been like yeah it's been what 20 years and someone realized that they shouldn't know what a menu is ridiculous but not to worry apparently it was an improvised line on the spot that they didn't change out if anyone's wondering about the, oh. the trivia side of it um but yeah would you prefer knights of the old republic 3 or a new vegas 2 i think i'd probably take new vegas 2 I, oh I trust, hans i trust hans. obsidian more than bioware in 2021 yeah. well, well that's the problem mm. though isn't it because of the fact that they don't own the rights and obviously obsidian have gone off and they They've made the True. fantastic, uh, it's Outer Worlds, isn't it? Uh, yes, Outer Wilds yeah. is the indie one. Yeah, God, I always get them confused and <laughs> people are looking at me like, you've not played this game. And I'm like, yes, I have. I was there for the preview <laughs> thing. I have played it. I just want to know which one's which. I used to get it always confused as well because I, I do this with um, tons of names of video games mm. where I've remembered it slightly wrong and it completely changes the tone of the game. <laughs> For example, I did a live stream over on uh, Live and Let's Dice of mm -hmm. 
uh, Death Trap Dungeon, and that's the Choose Your Own Adventure original one. Right. And I kept on calling it Darkest Dungeon. Now, people tuning in Great expecting game. to see a very different game then, and there's me <laughs> just like talking, like making choices and stuff. Very different approach. I will but, say, um, in terms of mixing stuff up, I cannot for the life of me distinguish between Ninja Theory and Team Ninja every single time when we write about it, when I talk sorry, about it. Sorry, there's a difference. I have to Google it. <laughs> Ninja Theory are the ones that do Hellblade and Enslaved Odyssey to the West. Team Ninja are the Ninja Gaiden Dead or Alive people. But I don't know why. Right. Oh, I've just no, I feel like I've done them the dirty then. I'm pretty Maybe. sure I've, I've accused them of liking big jiggle physics uh, when they <laughs> are clearly not into their enslaved Odyssey to the West. And they're I'm just, just going to start writing them in our, in our citations. But um, yeah, in regards to where Obsidian are at, like you said, they did Outer Worlds and then they got snapped up by um, Microsoft slash Xbox. Mm-hmm. So if they did do New Vegas 2, it would just be an Xbox, well, assumedly an Xbox exclusive. Yeah, I mean, that it would work in that sense because it kind of has come full circle and there is not a team that I would trust more mm. than them to work on it together. But isn't the whole reason that Obsidian kind of split away from Bethesda in the first place because of the fact that they put like an immense amount of pressure on them to deliver? And the only yeah. reason that we didn't get a New Vegas 2 to begin with was, besco- was because they said it has to score, I think it was above... 85 on Metacritic. Metacritic it was something thing, it was yeah, yeah something or 86 or something and they got one point below yeah. and that is the reason why they didn't get it uh, like literally like Bethesda being full on villains like yeah they um, said that they Obsidian did it in a year as well it's insane that if you yeah. if anyone wants to look more into the development of New Vegas yeah Bethesda were full on you can do a fallout but you have to crunch it within a year and mm-hmm. your bonus structure is going to be contingent on hitting a combined Metacritic score which they missed out on by like a point or two yeah, points ridiculous um, ridiculous Obsidian are one of the most sort of abused companies in regards to doing deals with people and it not working out even south park they got taken off and um, yeah. stuff said i oh, will do the sequel and stuff but yeah i think we both of us would go new vegas just because i would love obsidian to try that again i definitely would but i think it would have to come with the proviso that either you know if we go, went down the route of uh, kotor being made by bioware again mm. they'd have to be free from the reins of ea and yes. we'd need um obsidian kind of free to do what they want to do from bethesda hopefully mm-hmm. if that were to happen microsoft would be smart enough to understand that it's money on the table that they're pushing into a bin by basically <laughs> letting bethesda say no it has to have microtransactions and stuff i would however. assume at this point all the xbox microsoft stuff just calms bethesda they're just just don't worry don't you don't have to do fallout you don't have to do Fallout Shelly. You've got they, money. It's but why fine. do they? Why do they keep supporting it? They've literally just put out a new <laughs> update, cut, like locked and loaded. And the fan base, the people who are still paying for it, even uh, they have turned around saying this is too little, too late. What's go- <laughs> what is going on? I with don't that know game? what breed of human is stuck by Fallout seventy six. I mean, like, bless you, I you know, championed you sticking by that game, but nothing about it felt like it was going to be worth your time. I must have told you the story about when me and Osley decided to download it again to record some footage for a Tuesday on Adventure. I feel like you did, but I don't recall it. Two hours downloading. Extra half an hour downloading (laughs) some extra content packs that came in with it. Uh, 45 minutes trying to log on because of the stupid system where you've got to log into one account that logs you into another one and there was a lot of server issues mm-hmm. finally got into a game we walked down the hill from the opening vault i had three enemies disappear on me and then the game froze when i tried to pick up a tin of bloody beans because it said that the <laughs> server couldn't actually communicate with it that was people and this is when people were telling me 
that this you game had gotten on better. It, yeah. That was like a year and a half after it had launched. I love when they put um, the they put like chests in. So it's like, oh, you can pay to have like your own private little chest thing. But everything that you put in there was eaten by the servers. Oh, I remember <laughs> they that. They yeah. just had to be like, hey, your little private stash, yeah, it's kind of gone. But, can we, can, do we do we agree universally that it, it, it exists as like the monument to uh, biggest load of bollocks ever <laughs> as a video game? Do you think that um, that's an award we can give out? Can we do? Would, can, we, can we do our own UBP awards? Oh yes, absolutely. We should do that as like a half year mark or something. I forget when we started this, but I feel like it's maybe coming up yeah, on half year. Yeah, let's try. Let's let's. We have could a absolutely do the UBP. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, biggest pile of bollocks award. I might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can it be smoldering pile of bollocks? <laughs> Stinking pile of bollock award. <laughs> I think just one big bollock. I think yeah. that it would be like cyberpunk, cyberbollock or something like that. But we'd have Ooh. to, we could figure it out going forward. Um, next question from an average human. I am of the opinion that Partners in Crime's Turtle Power is the best story in lyrical form that has ever been told. So what's your favorite cold dessert? I myself enjoy a toffee and pecan roulade. Also, all in on Pokemon Snap. Oh, there's so much to digest literally <laughs> with that statement. Let's just start with the obvious here. Pokemon Snap. I yes. I don't have a Switch. I'm sorry, guys. I know I hear the chorus, but I know, I know. But I will be getting one soon because yes. when I come back to the office, I'm going to need something to play on my journey up there. Oh, um, it's so good now as well. It's so, there's so many good exclusives now. I've watched the review of it and I've watched many people sort of give their opinions on it. And I'm just like, this game on paper should not be this deliriously <laughs> entertaining like it is it's an on-rail shooter where you do nothing apart from take pictures you don't even kill safari. things like you know like everything in my being is just kind of like why would i want to play this <laughs> but after watching people play through it, i'm just like man this looks relaxing see, I got challenging it, yeah it's so tranquil i mean i've only played the n64 one. i did i've got the new one but i haven't played it yet mm -hmm. mainly because i got both of them at midnight last night and then just played returnal until about 2 a.m yeah fair uh, returnal by the way blooming stellar but mm. um yeah pokemon snap i think it's the perfect just just chillax just sort of get in your little car and you take photos and hey it's like i remember it's like the world of pokemon you imagine when you were a kid like, yeah it's sort of like, oh they're all real they're all around me doing their thing and i could take photos and throw apples at them and stuff but what's your favorite dessert though See, he's like, what's your favorite cold dessert? I enjoy a toffee. It's got to be uh, a tiramisu, I would say. Oh, just, I'm just I'm throwing amazing. in a tiramisu. I'm trying to think of other cold desserts that I'm a big fan of, but I think, yeah, I'm, I'm throwing the tiramisu card down. I'm partial to a good panna cotta as well. Mm. Uh, just, just nice and creamy with that zest that you get on top with the fruit compote. It's just Have you had a toffee and pecan roulade? That's the, maybe the fanciest um, I, thing we've ever said. You know what? I've not actually had one of those. I, I, I don't even think I know what a roulade is, to be honest. Uh, well, I know that a rule is a wheel, so I Good. guess it would like like you know get like a wheel Just of a cheese. Bigger wheel, so a lard wheel. I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to don't want to sound stu like stupidly ignorant. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll happily sound ignorant, but I won't sound stupidly ignorant. No, you don't want to get. I'm guessing it's kind of like a pie sort of thing. Either way, we, clearly none of us know, but maybe that's a whole thing out there in the in the real world that toffee and pecan roulades are doing the rounds, and maybe oh, someday. We'll find out. I'm feeling very hungry now thinking about this uh, <laughs> pecan pie roulade thing. Maybe um, so. what, was the, what was the first part of the question? Uh, the first part was just that they are of the opinion that Partners in Crime's Turtle Power is the best story in lyrical form that's ever been told. Now, I don't oh. know what any of that means. I just, it reminded me of Roy Campbell slowly going crazy <laughs> at the end of Metal Gear Solid 2. So I thought I'd <laughs> yeah. just, just read oh, that out. Man. You know, he needs scissors 61. Next question from PG Quips, which again, brilliant name. Um, I've seen a few articles saying that revenue from free-to-play games amounts to over 85% of overall game revenue. Um, now, this comes from fortunely.com. I'm um, interested in your thoughts on it and how it will affect gaming going forward. Hope you're both well and can hope, hopefully get in your new studio soon. I hope for that as well. Um, oh, thank you very much. Now, this thing, thank you very much. This thing about, um, you know, all games being, uh, you know, mobile, that's going to encompass 
everything like uh, Candy Crush and you know like Clash of Clans, all these sort of like Roblox, all these sort of random mobile games that'll be classed as game revenue. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily going to impact the the big console manufacturers necessarily, or the big console publishers, um, just because the idea of what is a gamer expands so much further out once you start looking at things like this. I don't think that um, like free to play models are genuinely. It's such a risk, uh, mm. but I feel like it can pay off dividends if you approach it in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, free-to-play games, uh, making up 85% of their revenue from that is quite astounding, actually. Yeah. like It just shows you how embedded microtransactions and how willing people are to spend uh, small amounts of money in video games. It's- I think as well, like, it's just, it's, there's infinitely so many more mobile apps to download, to mm-hmm. try out, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe spend like 50 pence here and a pound here and whatever, um, versus it's just a much bigger storefront, like on Android and iOS. Yeah. So you think that maybe it's thrown out the, the scale, it won't impact like console manufacturers and, and stuff that we play on. I'm just I'm trying side. to think of any free-to-play console game that actually went down well. The only one that I could think of is Genshin, like Genshin Impact. Oh, um, yeah. Which is like totally solid. Like obviously you can feel the sort of the money tendrils in every one of the menus asking mm-hmm. you to pay more and get different currencies and stuff. But there's not that many big console games where you can look at a, like a model and replicate it. I think Genshin is the closest that we've got. But I just think sheer storefront sizes and um, you know the consumers playing these things and what is classed as a game or classed as a gamer like i think all that stuff just it gets so wide to what we mm. would think as the gaming industry yeah true it's quite hard to sort of say that um next question from eyeball paul who's a brilliant <laughs> name just eyeball paul we only um, get exclusively like comments from people who have amazing <laughs> handle names <laughs> who've got banter names it's, yeah. uh, it's eyeball paul um who says a favorite energy drink coffee is not allowed oh, exactly what mine is but I'm, I'm gonna let you leap in um, my favorite energy drink. I know which one coffee. powered me through university. Oh yeah, I, I know which one basically saw my, um, how do I word this in the nicest possible way while also being graphic <laughs> enough to make people laugh. Um, made my toilet trips uh, explosive. Good. Um, yeah. And my life uh, feel like a constant heart attack. And that <laughs> is uh, a ripoff of Red Bull that was, uh, I don't know if it still exists, it was called Blue Bear. I, I was just going to guess Blue something. Blue Cow? Blue yeah, Bear. Blue, Blue Bear was the uh, rip-off thing that you used to get from the, I think it was either the Spa or the Co-op. Big shout-out mm. to either one of those if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> Big shout-out <laughs> to the Spa. Yeah, shout-out to, to Imagine if it was like the spa UVP sponsorship. sponsored by Spa. <laughs> <laughs> sponsored by Lidl. I mean, Happy yeah, I'll, I'll it was like it was like the discount knockoff brand of Red Bull, and mm-hmm. um, you, you know when you like drink something and you can feel like it permeate your your <laughs> the enamel of you your can teeth. feel your DNA like, changing. It's just kind of like you hit you. It's like drinking lightning. You just kind of just go like, whoa, oh god, I mine, can't die. Mine would be uh, relentless. My my mm. like diet across most of university, especially my masters, was just cans of orange relentless with scotch eggs. Because in my orange in my, relentless as well. Yeah. Not monster. Monster for me is too much. I know Ben Roy's blood is made of monster at this point, but I can't take the monster. It's too too much. It's too sugary. Right. It's too weird. Can we use this as a platform to stage an intervention? <laughs> um, ben Roy Turner, if you are listening to us right now, we care so about you deeply and we do not want you to die by drinking too much monster, of which you no. drink at least seven cans a week it's one every single day seen one without every... the can to be honest um and i assume he probably doubles up maybe even triples up so i'm this is a concerned parent asking you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's either uh, monster energy or bottles of wine for mr ben roy mr wine roy mr monster roy could but you mix just... them 
I mean, he's definitely tried. He hasn't said, but I imagine that you could just if you were determined enough. But um, what the, what were you even talking about? Mobile games? Yeah, there's Mal, the Malbec monster combination. <laughs> That's um, horrifying. Yeah, mine would definitely be relentless. Yours is weird knockoff blue bear thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, whatever you need. Um, but told... by the way, though, sorry, just to no, go no. back, have you seen the amount of crazy new flavors they've got for like monster and relentless no? and stuff? So down, I went down to the local co-op, sponsored mm-hmm. by co-op. Not the spa. Um, no. <laughs> not the spa today. And um, I saw there that they've got, um, uh, they've all got funny names. It's okay. got like, it's like passion fruit punch and stuff like that, or like uh, the, the knockout, whatever. But one of them uh, intrigues me, which is called the mule. And the mule is a ginger flavored <laughs> one. Now that's going to, that's going to divide. Kicks or something. That has to be the, yeah. the only reason that it, it takes your head off with its weirdness. That's going to divide the room a bit, isn't it? <laughs> I'm always up for, when we get back in the office and we're, we're actually in person again, we should do little tests of these things, get a whole bunch oh, of pros. I'd love that. Imagine, like, so it's kind of like um, uh, ranking them, but live, which is the best thing. And, <laughs> and like, um, uh, Benroy can be the uh, the sort he's of the like sommelier of monsters. <laughs> like, like he's, he's pouring them, you know, when they put their thumb on the outside of the bottles. It's definitely, oh, he's oh, the one who comes, he comes to the table, he's got the towel over the shoulder, or yeah. over the arm or whatever it is. He sort of pours. <laughs> No, it's it's his little um uh, sock snake friend that he had from the um <laughs> uh, from the WWE. What's his name? Oh, uh, oh, I don't know. San, some Santiago, some like wrestling based thing. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Doesn't make any sense for anyone who's not been in our office. But <laughs> no, not sorry. Um, next question, which is kind of a follow on from the mobile stuff uh, from Zach, who says, "What are your thoughts on mobile games overall and how they are now compared to where they were a few years ago? Um, some have file sizes bigger than a few console games, but still get ignored in the gaming community." There are some mobile games out there that are actually genuinely brilliant. Mm -hmm. And I do find that the uh, mobile, um, being able to play, sorry, the mobile gaming service that is offered on phones uh, Mm. is capable of emulating old games really well. Like you can get, uh, I'm not, I'm pulling this out of of my hat, but Mm -hmm. I'm not saying this is a great example. Like the Secret of Mana. Uh, right. version they have there they had the ace attorney video games made it onto iphone and stuff mm-hmm. like that like it's a good way to play those games on the move if they're yeah. like pick up and play like um but that they are very minimal i was gonna say like, the, like yeah. it is it is the utter wild west uh the mobile gaming market <laughs> because I, I don't understand how they can get away with such flagrant ip violation like you'll go on there and type in fall guys right yeah. and obviously we know that fall guys is a, still it's still like phenomenally popular but there is no fall guys mobile game no not yet, yet there is hundreds if not thousands of full guys it was like when Flappy Bird took off and it was just sort of like a flippy bird or like yeah bars yeah or whatever yeah. um yeah i think that i mean it's strange because i watched there's a really good video by uh Reisabek, who's like a i totally recommend as a, as a gaming journalist gaming coverage industry brainy person may not necessarily brainy but they do really good uh, gaming mm-hmm. editorial videos um doing a thing on modern mobile games and just talking about um the fact that rockstar have actually embraced mobile stuff quite a lot and their versions of um, it's Bully and uh, Max Payne is the one that I bought uh, mm-hmm. on mobile are actually incredible. Like they're actually very well optimized. They have yeah. tons of different settings in um, for different graphics options and aiming options and control options. Um, and he was quite like amazed by that. And that got me into a whole world of revisiting PlayStation 1 games, which I did mention last week. But I've yeah. since been playing Jackie Chan's Stuntmaster, which I just... Nice. I saw that 
a mobile game. But um, Silent Bombers on there. Uh, I got a bit of the wait. Old- Silent Bombers on on phones. And t- well, if you get if you get the get the get the EPSXE emulator, you get whatever you want, mate. I'm oh, just, fair, yeah, fair. I'm sorry, holding sorry, this yeah, trench yeah, coat open yeah. for you. It's just all these right <laughs> what here. are you buying? What are you buying? Because I've got everything. Um, so I just was like, I revisited that Ninja game. Um, it's called Ninja. Which Park. one, the Jiggle Physics or the real one? Because we the, uh, there was an old PS1 game called uh, Ninja Shadow of Darkness. I think it was called with like a blue font, like a jagged logo. Uh, I think you'd recognize it if you saw it. Um, okay. Yeah, Tekken Three, Jackie Chan Stuntmaster, things that I can't get anywhere else. And Silent Bomber. And um, that's that's my mobile games. That's just you know breaking legalities left, right, and center. For for me, will you seek out uh, two games for me? Go on cooler world <laughs> because that's where you play a beach ball and you've got to oh i know puzzles. what cooler world is i, I and also can also, i guess your second one is mo- your, oh go on go guess is your second oh i was you went with an m i was gonna go with tomba i thought you were gonna oh, to- oh yeah tomba on the phone it's, it's, it's really brilliant that yeah. um try out uh mojo okay i've not even it's, heard of mojo it's a puzzle solving uh game where you play as a robot with a giant sphere for a body and it's uh, <laughs> weird as hell very weird. I've, I've started making a list of what i'm going to go back to future cop lapd is also oh. on there just oh. tons of games that never got re-released or whatever but were they've made my ps1 childhood bugs and taz time busters playing that the other night carry on mate do you know what popped into my uh, recommended thing the other day i don't know where it is i i, I was like having a chat and it's mm. oh yeah it was because i was on the live and let's dice discord and i was on yes. the video games recommended thing and somebody put in these two words that just sung to me, and it was <laughs> Pandemonium 2. I never played Pandemonium. Oh, I know man, it's it a was thing. So good. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Now that I've got, I mean, everything is open. Everything just because you can just go on, you know, various websites to acquire various ROMs, <laughs> and everything is just there. So I'm just kind of like all these things that I either couldn't afford when I was a kid, or I didn't get around to. I can sort of revisit now. Um, but Scott, but Scott has all of the original copies legitimately. Remember, yes. it's only legitimate if you own the real copies. So Scott Taylor, <laughs> I'm looking at him now, guys, in the, on the webcam, and I can see all of yes, the games I, that he's listed behind. It's me. very true; they're all behind me. But I can also, I mean, I, I'm using a, a sold piece of software that's available on the Android Store. And then whatever happens after that, I, yeah, I don't know. Mate, I could mate, be as we've just thing. said, though, it is the Wild West, the mobile gaming market. <laughs> I mean, you could go up there and just be, probably buy a kidney with an app. Well, exactly. I mean, the, the point being that how else am I going to play Jackie Chan Stuntmaster? There's not any valuable how alternative. Else? How, how else? else am I going to do it? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. 
For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. So uh, next question from uh, Travis Webb. What has been your favorite Resident Evil moment across the franchise's history? Oh, come on. That's not fair. How can you single <laughs> down that, yeah, that many games into one moment? But seriously, great question. 25, but, I guess. Yeah. Jeepers um, Creepers. Punch? Uh, well, the boulder punch is infamous, but for all the wrong reasons. If you're looking for the quintessential Resident Evil experience, in my opinion, yes. it is the first moment that you see Nemesis in the cutscene where uh. he annihilates Brad's face with his tentacle uh, fist, <laughs> and it goes through, drops it, turns around, and just goes, Stars. I absolutely kept like like I just, like, just drank three blue bears. It had gone straight through me like bricks, <laughs> like squidgy bricks. I think for me, it's I'm trying to think of the moments when I I just kind of sat back and went, I absolutely love everything about this. And part of it would actually be the original Nemesis being chased by Nemesis like through the streets of the original PS1 version of RE3. And um, but I also love the opening of four when you um, when you're jumping in and out of the different buildings when like, the whole oh, village yeah. is coming after you. Yeah. Um, because back in the day, like it's easy to forget how innovative and hadn't been done over shoulder aiming was mm-hmm. um, and it was always it was a thing back in the day that Resident Evil 4 was only on the GameCube but I had a friend with the GameCube and watching him play it and just being like this is the future this is insane yeah. oh my god you can climb the ladders oh my god you can jump out the window and you can all the while aiming at dudes headshots all that kind of stuff um, that, that would be my thing for me I think it was just discovering Resident Evil 4 like how much of a step forward that whole thing was yeah. Um, yeah. from where 3 sort of left off um, what a next great question. franchise, though. Seriously, I know. Like, I, I'm so excited because obviously at the time of recording, um, Resident Evil 8 is just on the horizon. It's and, like a week, two weeks? Oh, it, it's, it feels like it's, um, weirdly enough, it feels like it's crept up on us. But at the mm. same time, it's been probably one of the most overexposed um, entries since Resident Evil 7 with all of its demos and mm-hmm. content that's coming out. It just feels like nobody's ready for it. And I well, love that about it. It's cool because they um, it, the way that they've rolled the demos out has been a big old talking point because they did like half an hour of the village two weeks ago. There was half an hour of the castle area last mm-hmm. Sunday. And starting from this Sunday for the entirety of next week is both of those areas combined. So mm. if you want to go and just try out some Resident Evil 8, 
Um, I don't know how long the timer is on it. I'm assuming an hour, um, but they extended the demo like window. So if you want to play some RE8, you can next week. Um, at least you can sort of get like a feel for it. Um, next question from Laughing Sunbro, a legendary Laughing Sunbro, uh, yeah. a regular, yeah. um, who says, what is the best romance in Mass Effect? Um, best BFF and was the Citadel DLC the ending that we actually deserved? I never played the Citadel DLC because I was so disgusted by the end of Mass Effect 3 <laughs> that I just, I've only ever finished that game once. I'm going to do it again on the legendary edition, but that was, that was me. The Citadel um, DLC was uh, an apology. So that yes. I, I really do feel like uh, there's no way of looking at it otherwise. I feel like uh, it gave... What Mass Effect 3 suffered from was a focus on action that unfortunately meant that the story had to be pushed to the side while they filled out lots and lots of um, like action sequences. Mm -hmm. And when they got to the end, there was there were so many ways that they could have wrapped it up. <laughs> but I definitely understand that the, um, the pressures put on them by like outside forces did dictate that they kind of had to just cut in cut their losses and go there's for a great it. interview just super quickly i, I can't mm -hmm. think who this is with but this is going to be so vague but there was absolutely right. an interview on youtube i promise it exists with <laughs> um the original bioware team that have since left bioware talking about the reality of making mass effect 3 and mm -hmm. how they literally were making a lot of it up as they went along but they didn't know what the ending was going to be um, and that came together throughout development and so like they had an original version that was all to do with dark space and this weird black matter out in mm -hmm. the middle of space that would eat things up and whatever else they were kind of going towards that um, it's mentioned in Mass Effect 1, so they were like, oh, we can tie it into that. Then they ended up going down the Star Child route, but they talk very frankly about how that whole period was just crazy and how yeah, they I can imagine. barely stitched it together as they went. I do feel sorry for them in a way because mm. you can tell it's the same with like Metal Gear Solid 5. It's just an ending yeah. that they didn't want to make, but they had to make. Yeah. Um, but still, uh, yeah, the Citadel DLC was absolutely fantastic. I do feel like it rounded off a lot of stories, gave a lot of uh, character development in the right areas, and it just made you feel like your, your decisions had more impact again. And that right. is, at the end of the day, what Mass Effect is all about. Mm -hmm. But to answer the top end of the question is... I was going to say, best romance. It's Tali. Are you a Tali man? It's always Tali. It's just, she's lovable she's so nice mm. see when i played through them i was i was young young teenage horny me young, young horny yeah. so it was just sort of you know at the beginning of that game it was just sort of i just made a beeline for ashley i was like oh my god let's just be together and then mass effect 2 she's not even in it because you're coming back from the dead so i was like well yeah. miranda she's the one she's the i'm gonna genetically superior genetically sort of you know um being offered up kind of things so i was like right i'll go you know chase that not a meaningful relationship amongst them just sort of horny me running in all directions trying to get with the most obvious person that you're supposed to get with didn't didn't build any relationships whatsoever nah. see mine was just a long burn love affair <laughs> it was just like me and tali from day one man as soon as i met her i was just like interesting species mm -hmm. i really like the idea of like um a civilization that lives in flotillas so they've got no mm -hmm. real identity and home like it's their fault that the geth are like are rising up and taking over there so they live with this kind of existential guilt of like what they've done creator versus mm -hmm. creation sort of thing and then that sort of manifests into this beautifully tragic story of her looking for redemption and anything possible to justify the existence of their race like to, to, mm -hmm. to even like to, to carry on surviving because after what they've done they kind of feel like giving up mm -hmm. and at the end of things after all you've been through just that nice moment of tenderness being able to show true love and affection to her i thought that it was really well written i i, I really did enjoy it getting the eye stock photo oh, version of her face i did i did I, I, I printed it out put it on my wall that's one of the biggest things i'm super curious about in the legendary edition is like you want to talk about yeah. things that are endemic to how rushed and how crazy frantic that game's development was um will they have changed the tally face will they have I actually really, done a new I, proper tally face 
I don't know because I, mm. I'm actually, if they do change it, they're acknowledging that it was a problem. If they I don't they change it, it before, then. But I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. If they don't change it, then they, it's just kind of like it might suggest they didn't care, especially when you look at other <laughs> things in the legendary edition that have got so much focus. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm curious, how, I'm curious how it goes. But um, yeah, in terms of best romance, for me, it would definitely be uh, Miranda. But going back through it, because my wife went through uh, Mass Effect 1, that's where we are in the trilogy. Then I was mm -hmm. like, we should stop. We should do this again with the legendary edition. Mm -hmm. Um, hers was Liara, and I was like, there's actual human, you know, sort of uh, sentient chemistry here that there yeah. wasn't when I was just sort of running after attractive <laughs> people. But, um, definitely Liara, I think, is the more considered option. And um, for me, best BFF would absolutely be Garrus. I don't know oh, yeah, 100%, 100%. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be James Vega. It's got to be, uh, it's got to be Garrus. I think that the best thing about him is in Mass Effect 2 when he's doing his whole Archangel um, mm. uh, persona and when he suddenly just drops all of that because you mentioned the word suicide mission to him. He's like, yep, I'm in. It's kind of like, do you want to hear any more about it? Nah, not at all, pal. No, I, 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 you I, ride I, or die. I still remember Mass Effect 3 when you sort of do like their version. I think you do play golf. I just remember that whole final scene where you're standing with him and you're in the Citadel and you're on like an elevated platform oh, yeah, somewhere yeah, and yeah, you're yeah, looking yeah. out and like into the distance and doing this sort of like one less job. Like we'll, yeah. we'll have this round of golf before we go and throw ourselves <laughs> at this thing. Um, next question from Andros. Will Rare ever be as good as they were back in the heyday with such gems as Conker's Bad Fur Day? Will we ever get a proper Banjo-Kazooie 3 or is this it and have they truly lost it? I wish you could see my face, you sweet <laughs> summer child. I I'm, know. I'm afraid to tell you the Rare... The glory days of Rare are officially over, but we must be. not mourn their passing. We should look at them and champion them, for they truly were the best of days. Don't be um, sad that it's over, just be glad that it happened. Exactly. I don't think that there is any chance in hell that they will ever be able to get back to where they were. The fact that the Banjo-Kazooie property has been stone-cold dead ever since nuts and bolts <laughs> drive a nail through its own face, I do not see that series returning. And mm. if it does, then my God, I will be happy to be proved wrong. But as it stands right now, I'm afraid, my friend, that this is the end. I am curious to sort of shine a little light, a little, punch a little bit of light ray through that dark cloud because we are getting another perfect dark. It's not made by, I think it's made by, it's made by a collection of like three different dev teams. Mm. I think some of them are ex-rare people. Mm. Um, but the early conversations around that game are that it's going to be third person and it'll be a completely different thing. So it's like, I, I do you know what? Yeah. I actually commend them for trying something yes. new because when you, when you're handling a title IP like that, they kind of have to try and move things forward again. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong. On paper, the concept of things like Banjo, because uh, it nuts and bolts, it was a clever idea to try and move things forward because mm. if you look back at what um, Banjo-Kazooie 1 and 2 did, you perfect the formula. You can't advance it from there, so you need to introduce something new. The mm. problem was is that they chose bloody cars. That was that was the problem. <laughs> bloody this isn't cars. Lego racers, pal. I mean, I've heard nuts and bolts. Uh, I think divorced don't from... You, don't. I was about to say, I can already tell you, you're going to be a I... and you're going to be like, it's not that it's not that bad. When was the last time you played it? Because did you play it in the mindset of, oh my God, what is this? Or have you gone back to no, it since then? I bought this given, day one. Given it the brutal legend treatment and gone, you're not actually divorced from expectation. It's actually all right. Okay, this is the thing. I'll give you that. I have not gone back to it since my first initial playthrough of it. Uh, but, <laughs> but, 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 but I know that from memory, mm. vivid memory, how <laughs> utterly, ex like, it was just a wide waste it is, it is really nothingless weird. there is nothing to do in half of the arenas that you're in and the bits that you do find it's just like they'll build a car and it's just kind of like oh <laughs> sick i've just done that <laughs> would you like to put six wheels on this thing and then no i wouldn't 
I, uh, I like the idea of nuts and bolts in terms of them fleshing it out. But uh, yeah, if I had come off the Banjo-Kazooie lineage and then I got this weird vehicle thing, I think I would have been as freaked out as you were. Do you know what I would have done? If I were rare and I was, because the thing is about rare is that they're incredibly self-aware and they like mm. making jokes at the industry and genres and stuff. If mm. they were clever, they should have just started one of the missions with now build a car. And everyone's like, groan, here we go again. <laughs> and what you've got to do is you've got to set fire to the car to claim the car insurance on it. Very that's, good. That would have actually been a fun mission. That would have been a life lesson as well. Just sort of, I mean, as someone right now, commit was, fraud. He was, he was in the middle of trying to secure a car. Oh, Knowing yeah. anything about car finance type stuff would have been a godsend. Are you, um, uh, is your car, um, is your car hunt? I had to be very careful how I said that. Um, <laughs> going as well as your TV hunt. Oh, God. Well, I mean, guys, right now, if people remember the legacy of me trying to get a TV... Legacy. ...turned into three different TVs in a row. Um, <sighs> right now, we've narrowed down one car. So if that car then breaks, I replace it. It breaks, replaces again. Then t then history will repeat. But for now, it's all, it's all in on potentially one car <laughs> that hopefully is actually drivable. But... <laughs> We'll wait and see. Final question from um, RB, who says, best junk food slash snacks for a long gaming session? Grinning face with smiling eyes. Is it, Which I know is face, but just, Grinning face with smiling eyes right back at you, friend. Actually, I will throw in, there's another little food question underneath from RG, who says, Ooh. will Mars ever come to their senses and bring back the Mars Delight? What's a Mars Delight? I thought a Mars Delight was the drink, but I swear I've just seen that. So, no, the, Mar the Mars uh, milkshake was amazing. I, it's still... It's still <laughs> Is it still there? Really, just that was amazing. Like, yeah, well, I haven't had it for years. I'm not allowed it. <laughs> it is. It is amazing. They still definitely still make Mars milkshakes. Maybe not where he's from or the Mars Delight. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go to the Google. You go vamp Google. while I type in Mar, uh, Mars Delight. Okay, Mars. Two random podcasters don't know what a Mars Delight is. Oh, okay, right. So what it is, Scott, is uh, I'll try and describe it to you. This will be an interesting one. Okay, it's uh, like uh, a long singular bar oh with ripples on the top and yep. inside it it kind of looks like it's got a wafer and yep. two separate layers one of which looks to possibly be praline it's the game of the year edition of chocolate bars i know exactly yeah. what that is yeah literally the first thing that i clicked on here it just says for everyone who still misses the mars delight every single day <laughs> I wonder if um, the, the Ripple people got in touch and just said, hold on, if we Venn diagram this, you're coming into our turf with all this Ripple-based chocolate. But aren't, the, aren't the Ripple people the same people as the Capri I don't know. I just, I'm trying to, Mars people I, are the Capri people. I'm trying to think of the law of how these things get made. I'm just thinking of the canon because I'm just thinking, well, at some point they need a distinguishing selling point and Ripples are the Ripples. So if Mars Delight have them, that's their turf taken up. Before you uh, uh, carry on with that, do you remember that the Capri... Uh, <laughs> boss the big ceo is the person that said that a hu uh, water is not a human right that was Literally, the dude from nestle i think oh was it nestle oh sorry yeah. i'm just a tired Still, with the same though. horrible but that guy there that's like a literal bond villain he was <laughs> he was the quantum of solace's bond villain i love um bill burr's take on that where he's just sort of doing this like Eli, i want to own all the water i want to put it under, yeah. put it under my house i want to own it all and uh it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous um so yeah what would you i mean yeah bring back a master light i don't know i have to assume some sort of legal battle but in terms of best junk food snacks for a long gaming session mm. do you have anything for that because i think we've talked about it before i don't like getting my controller covered in chip in crisp I don't want any, uh, you know, crisp fuzz or anything if like that. I, if I was to be the boring person that I am today, then <laughs> I probably would uh, choose a nice uh, big cafe tier of coffee so that I could basically just keep myself stimulated and going when I'm feeling a bit low. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then on the side, I probably have pita bread and different hummus flavors because I love Sweet dip. Jesus, I love definitely I love, ascended. I love dips. I love dipping it in. And like you say, <laughs> you avoid getting the dip on top of your controller and it doesn't have the greasy residue of crisps. See, my my thing, I, I think of it almost utilitarian.
libertarian style where I'm just sort of it's it's one a.m. I want to try a different game. You know, I want to. I don't want to go to bed yet. I, I want to be up until half two. But I am flagging, so I have to have something with a lot of sugar in it. So I just I've started having Rocky Road at half one in the morning or one o'clock in the morning, and just Scott, it's just, <laughs> that's not that's not a healthy mentality. It wakes me up. Then I'm then I'm going again, and then I can then I, I can, I'm wide awake again. No worry. No wonder it's waking you up because you're about to go into a diabetic coma. Like, <laughs> well, it's fine. Then I can lie down. I can get my rest. It's fine. I'll I'll do the horizontal <laughs> later. But I I've got I need Returnal's not going to play itself, mate. I mean, I don't. Oh, me, oh I don't know what the solution is other than eating some sort of chocolatey treat at one a.m. to refuel the old you know the old reserves. To be fair though, that's exactly the mentality that everyone has when they come out of the club. It's just kind of like you do the <laughs> checklist in your mind. You're like, All right, I've had a few drinks. I've had a great time. Had a little bit of a dance. All I've got to do is get home. And as soon as you start walking, it just goes chips, 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 chips. Go get some fries. Go get some fries. Go get some fries. Get, kind of like, get a kebab. Yeah, just get everything kind of, all at once. Put the funny on thing is, is that you always know the same thing. You've got that horrible fluorescent light making everyone look really tired and grimy. <laughs> like, and then basically what you're meant to say, you know that inside you're, you're meant to say to the person who says, like, what can I get you, mate? Mm. You're meant to say, can I just have a small portion of chips, please? <laughs> what comes out of your mouth is like, Deep fried pizza, large chips, cod, battered sausage, <laughs> mushy <laughs> peas on the side, curry sauce. Slobber in a general direction and then just sort of... A pint of curry it. sauce, please, mate. <laughs> <laughs> We're only a, a month and a bit away from that reality coming back. We'll yeah, have to man. explore what the post-lockdown... <laughs> horrible reality. Like. <laughs> I am kind of looking forward to it, though. Um, in yeah. terms of the UBP, 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 this is UBP. Untitled by the podcast. I've been Scott Taylor, joined by Jules Gill. Thank you very much. Thanks to everybody for all your questions, sending stuff in. We'll catch you guys all next week. For now, goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. But before we go, I just want to say, come up with a name for the UBP Awards. <laughs> okay. Something, but definitely at the minute, we're going with the uh, Pile of Bollocks Award. I think that was what we... Oh, yeah, the, the, the slobbering pile of bollocks. <laughs> okay. Till next See you time. Later, See you then. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.